It's good to gather to worship God wherever we are for Sunday the 21st of March. We hope to be able to worship together in the building next Sunday and the normal booking system will be in place. So please phone on Thursdays and Fridays to book for the Sunday. During Holy Week, there will be joint services of worship with Glenburn. On Tuesday evening, we will worship in Stowbray and on Thursday evening, we will worship in Glenburn. Both of these services will be held at 7 p.m. And again, a booking system is in place. So to book a place at these services, please phone the usual number on the day before. So on Monday, to book for Tuesday's service and on Wednesday for Thursday's service. If you don't have the number, then please contact your elder, the session clerk or myself. And these are all the intimations. You have written your law upon our hearts and inscribed your love upon our lives. You have made yourself known to us in sign and symbol, in still, small voice, and in the centre of our souls through the song of your spirit. And so we come, whether gathered or scattered, we come to worship you, for we are your people and you are our God. Let's worship God in hymn 212, Morning Has Broken. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing, praise for the morning. Praise for them springing fresh from the word. Mine is the sunlight, mine is the morning. Born of the one light, Eden saw play. Praise with elation, praise every morning. God's recreation of the new day. Hymn number 212. Now we come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer, our parent, our brother, our inner strength. Once again, we come to worship you in different places and at different times. But we come to worship you. And we pray that as we come before you, that we would set aside our worries and our concerns 
that we would be wholly present in your holy presence. So still our minds, calm our anxieties. Let us lay our worries at your feet. And now that we are still, open our ears to hear your word and open our hearts that we might respond in love. We praise and thank you, Lord, for you have done so much for us. You have created us and you love us. You strengthen and support us in all life's difficulties and challenges. You came into the world to preach and teach and heal. Yours, Lord, were the arms stretched wide on the cross. A welcome to all in the midst of your agony. Yours were the arms spread in blessing after the resurrection. Crucified Lord, risen Lord, we adore you in your pain and in your victory. You're welcome ever the same, gathering us to you and blessing us, enfolding us in your loving embrace. Lord, forgive us for not welcoming others as you do for perhaps looking askance at the stranger in our midst. We confess that we are quick to note the differences between ourselves and others, but you treat all people the same. Forgive us for reveling in the presumed privilege of being your children. Help us to break down barriers to you, for we cannot keep you to ourselves. We must not keep you to ourselves. Help us to welcome unconditionally all who seek you within this parish and this congregation and to take our welcome wherever we go to be your church, your church without walls. And hear us now as we pray together in Jesus' words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can you see what's coming? It has come before, it will come again. The time for knowing, the time for seeing, the time for dying, the time for going back to live in the old story again, the old story that is always new, always happening again. God's forgetting of all we did wrong. God's offer of heart surgery, nothing set in stone. Jeremiah saw the time coming and it came, coming close to God again. And John, John took up the story. Don't ask to be saved, he said. Ask how you can serve. Reading our own hearts again, it's all there. Read the law of love and the freedom of forgiveness, not beyond your reach, but well within your grasp. God's handwriting shining through your humanity. Can you see what's coming? 
The grain of wheat will hit the ground and die. It will be buried and disappear. All will be lost. There is no other way for life to return again. This is how it always is. Take up the story and live in it. Jeremiah's story and John's story. God's story and our story. Let's listen to Jeremiah's story and John's story. And once again, today's Bible passages will be read for us by Stephen. Hello. The first reading is taken from Jeremiah chapter 31, reading from verse 31 to 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from, a, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. We now move to John, to John chapter 12, reading from verse 20 to 33. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. Now my soul was troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was from, for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to them. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Amen. And may God add his blessing to these readings from his holy word. We now continue our worship with hymn 727, 
In the bulb there is a flower. In the bulb there is a flower, in the seed an apple tree. In cocoons a hidden promise, butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter there's a spring that waits to be. Unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. There's a song in every silence, seeking word and melody. There's a dawn in every darkness, bringing hope to you and me. From the past will come the future, what it holds, a mystery. Unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. In our end is the beginning, in our time, infinity. In our doubt, there is believing, in our life, eternity. In our death, a resurrection, at last, a victory. Unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. Hymn 727. think about Jesus, we always have the benefit of hindsight, for we are living 2,000 years after Jesus. We know the story. We know the story from the very beginning, and we know how it will end. As Christians, we believe that Jesus offers a welcome to everyone, and to make that possible, he laid down his own life. He went to the cross willingly, knowing just what he would face. That doesn't mean it was easy, far from it, but he said it was necessary and that his death was a seed that would enable the growth of God's kingdom. When Jesus taught and spoke, he so often spoke using words and images that would be easily understood by his listeners. Many of the folks that he spoke to would understand the seasons and patterns of growth. And for those of you who are keen gardeners, now is a time when seeds are being planted. And I thought that it might be a good idea to plant a seed. 
Some of you might be saying, well, I don't have a seed. Well, what about going to the kitchen cupboard and having a hunt through to see if there's a packet of, broad, of broth mix or butter beans lurking somewhere or kidney beans? So we could plant a dry pea or a bean from that kitchen cupboard. And maybe, maybe you, like me, remember doing that at school. Remember taking the jam jar and rolling up, well, in those days it was blotting paper. I suspect a piece of kitchen paper would do just as nicely today. Rolling it up into a tube and putting your seed or your pea or your bean between the paper towel and the glass. Put in some water and leave the seed to grow. Well, as we know, to begin with, the seeds look dry and shriveled up to all intents and purposes, dead. And yet, and yet, within that seed is the potential for new growth to spring up, for leaves to uncurl, flowers to bloom, and new seed to set. New seed to set, seed which needs to shrivel and dry and die before once again new life can spring up. So, if you choose to later plant your seed, and over the next few days, watch the seeds sprout. The roots descend and the shoot uncurl and reach upwards. The green leaves rising. Maybe, maybe you might like to take some photos and share them with us. But as you watch your seed, as you watch your seed grow, remember all that Jesus has done for us and remember the new life that he promises. For as we approach Easter, and we've been taking time to reflect during Lent. We talked a wee bit about letting things go. And maybe there are things we need to let go from our lives. Things that need to die so that new life can begin. Remember, Jesus gave up his life for us so that we might have new life. We need to be changed by that. There will be things that we need to give up. And at this time, this year, as we think of new life, it won't be long before the union between Stowbray and Glenburn takes place. Things will change. There may be things that have to be let go by one or other, or indeed by both former congregations. And there will be new ways of doing things. And all of this is to allow the new life of St. George's to spring forth, a new life that is visible throughout the new parish, a new life that will bear fruit, a new life that will bring God's glory to this town and this place. So let's not forget that Jesus promises new life. Jesus promises new life to all of us. So let us serve our risen Lord and Saviour in our community in the days, weeks and months to come. But let's pray. Lord, you have sown the seed of your love in our hearts. May we welcome and nurture your love. Calm our fears and make our prejudices fade away and die. May we welcome and nurture your love. Help us to open our hearts and our arms to others. May we welcome and nurture your love. Loving Lord, keep us in your love now and forever. Amen. The next hymn to me seems so appropriate. It's hymn 417. Now the green blade riseth. 
Now the green blade riseth from the buried grain, wheat that in dark earth many days has lain. Love lives again that with the dead has been. Love is come again like wheat that springeth green. In the grave they laid him, love whom men had slain. Forth he came at Easter like the risen grain, Jesus who for three days in the grave had lain. Quick from the dead my risen Lord is seen, love is come again like wheat that springeth green. Hymn number 417, Now the Green Blade Riseth. might sound like a totally random question. Do you have a tattoo? Or do you know someone who does? And what do you make of it? Do you love it or hate it? It's hard to be indifferent. And there's no doubting that a tattoo can express a deep emotion or devotion. People have the names of loved ones tattooed. Some people have small tattoos as decorations or multiple complex tattoos as sleeves. No matter what the tattoo is, it's virtually impossible to remove. And the covenant or agreement that God makes with us resembles a tattoo. God's covenant expresses his love for us. And it is indelible. It is indelible because he writes it on our hearts. God's love is present with us forever. And in this morning's gospel reading, the Greeks ask to see Jesus. Something about him makes them wish to be included. And then Jesus responds. He responds by talking about his impending death on the cross. And this seems strange at first. But Jesus, well, Jesus does this to point to God's indelible love for humankind, assuring us that we won't just see Jesus. We won't just see Jesus, but we will all be drawn to him. We will all be drawn to him and welcomed by him. And Jesus wants God's love, his tattoo, if you like, 
to be extended to every human being. We are marked by God's covenant to be a blessing to the whole world. We might think of our baptism as a way of being marked. Very often when a minister baptizes a baby or a child or an adult, he or she will make the mark of the cross on the person's forehead. So baptism is a way of being marked with the cross, an invisible mark, an invisible mark that means we belong to Jesus. Yes, the mark is invisible in itself, but it is indelible. And when God's mark is placed upon us, we are changed. We are changed by the power and the love of God. And when we're changed by the power and the love of God, then we want to be like Philip and Andrew and help others to know the love of Jesus. And we can best share the love of Jesus by loving others. And I'd like to leave with us two questions this morning. Two questions. How do I show this mark to others in order to include them in God's indelible love? How do I show this mark to others so that they are included in God's indelible love? And can I love as Jesus loved? Can I love as Jesus loved? Amen. And now we come to God in prayer. Lord God, we live in relationship with others. Relationships are about giving and receiving. You gave us Jesus, who in turn gave his all, that we might offer our all to you. Take our offerings today as a sign and symbol of all we give to you, that the work of your church at home and abroad may prosper and grow, bringing more people into relationship with you. Hear us now as we pray for others. Lord God, we are here one year on from being asked to stay at home. Almost one year on from that very first lockdown. Restrictions have come, have gone and have come again. This pandemic has been new to us as individuals, as a community, as a country, as a world. It has been difficult for all of us in different ways. Lord, we pray for politicians all over the world charged with making decisions which affect us all. And we think today about the debates about the vaccines and how best to use them. But your world, Lord, is filled with so many people whose lives are intertwined intertwined in business and through the environment. And so may the decisions we make not be made purely selfishly. We give you thanks for all who have worked to produce vaccines, the scientists and medics, the factory workers, the volunteers who tested the vaccines, the staff who immunize folks. We give you thanks for all who care for others at home, in care homes or in hospitals. So many are tired 
exhausted even. And we pray that through your love they would be blessed with much needed rest and refreshment. We pray for all who are frail and elderly, those who are sick and housebound, those who are dying. May they know the comfort of your presence in their lives and in their dying. And we give you thanks for all who care for those who have died, funeral directors, cemetery and crematorium staff. Lord, in a moment of silence, we bring you our prayers. We pray for ourselves. Lord, you knew strength of purpose, a purpose from which you refused to waver, even when confronted with all manner of temptation and in the face of death itself. You knew the things that were yours to do. May we, in these days of confusion, know your purpose, your will for our lives. May we discern what is ours to do and glorify you by getting on with the tasks that you reveal are ours for this day and this hour. And amidst all the competing voices that call us in so many directions, may we hear clearly and unequivocally the voice from heaven that assures us that you have got this, that you are God, and we are not. And your call to us today is to stand firm, to be still and listen and to follow wherever you lead, bringing glory to your name for love's sake. Amen. When I was preparing this service, a hymn kept going round in my head. Unfortunately, it's not in CH4, it is in CH3, and it's a hymn to me which seems so appropriate. Lift high the cross, lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Led on their way by this triumphant sign, the hosts of God in conquering ranks combine. Each newborn servant of the crucified bears on the brow the seal of him who died. O Lord, once lifted on the glorious tree, as thou hast promised, draw the world to thee. So shall our song of triumph ever be, praise to the crucified for victory. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. The hymn, Lift High the Cross.
Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. With that confidence and in that hope, let us go in peace to love and to serve the Lord all the days of our lives. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Thank you.